1: Don't have time to go on SoCal Live today? Leave Scott a voicemail at 213-537-3812. That's 213-537-3812.
2: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host and very current Padre fan, which I I guess I'm forced to do. Padres are beating the uh, Phils today for 7-4 uh, so, uh, you know, good for them. It's exciting to see all of that. You can give me a call and join our conversation today. It's 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. You can also send me an email at SoCalLive at KKLA.com. I'm glad to be with you as I am each and every day from three to five and, uh, you know, we take a look at the issues of the day, things that are in the news and uh, things that are relevant to our lives and look at them through the lens of Scripture or through a, a biblical standpoint. So I'm excited about doing that. One of the things that happens whenever there is a natural disaster is we forget about it after a couple of weeks and move on sometimes to the next disaster or we move on to whatever the current hot story is. The truth is, and if you've ever been through a natural disaster, it's going on for years, okay? The The Florida Hurricane Ian that happened uh, just a few days, what three weeks ago, um, that's going to go on forever. Not forever, but for years. It will be years. Whenever Hurricane Katrina happened, the family that we went out to help at the church I was at, um, it was a year later. And people were still not moved into their homes and buildings were still collapsed. There were still piles of rubble a year later. That's going to be the case in Florida, although they're working very hard. One of the things I've noticed in natural disasters, and I've seen it here in California when we've had earthquakes, and I'm seeing it right now in Florida, is that when we really put our mind to it, it's amazing how much can be rebuilt very, very quickly. Have you noticed that? Today, uh, Governor DeSantis in Florida was announcing that the Sanibel Causeway, a bridge going over water that connects islands, okay, uh, reopened today, just three weeks 15 days into the construction project, actually, it took to rebuild this bridge, at least to temporarily get it moving. It was important to do uh, because there were people on Sanibel Island who needed to have their power restored and residents who needed help, a whole lot of things going on. And there was no way to the mainland, which means that you can't drive trucks over there. You can't you know, you have to have helicopters fly or boats take, and it takes a lot of time. So it was very, very important to get this bridge built. Well, the bridge takes months or years to be built normally, and they did it in 15 days. Here's what he had to say.
3: We uh, had an ambitious agenda and an ambitious uh, roadmap to get this done by the end of October, Uh, but I'm happy today by uh, opening it today. We're way ahead of schedule, and even when we got ahead of schedule uh, initially saying October 21st, we've been able to beat that as well.
2: And I think uh, there were a bunch of people around. I think it's exciting to see that. Remember when we had the Northridge quake, if you were around for that in uh, California, and the interchange collapse between the 14 and the 5 part of I-10 collapsed just outside of downtown Los Angeles, uh, the Santa Monica Freeway. And those things were rebuilt so fast. It was incredible. And, you know, I look at this and I look at what's happening in, in Florida and I go, you know, that's amazing. There are parts of Interstate 5 in Los Angeles that have been under construction for 40 years. What in the world are we doing? You know, why is it that we can suddenly rebuild a bridge over water in a couple of weeks? You know, why? Why is that? And this is uh, the reason Governor DeSantis continued.
3: I think like people in other parts of the country instinctively know if this had happened in some of their tape, it would take in six months just to get through the red tape. I mean, there is no way they would have built rebuilt a causeway in three weeks. So uh, I think it's great for the residents here to be able to get back. I also think it's something that shows a little bit of a can-do spirit for a change, and maybe we should just focus on getting things done and not be mired in bureaucracy all the time.
2: That, I thought, was great advice, and that's the reason, you know, that's you got to be careful, right, because you don't want to build it sloppy and have it collapse, but uh, we did these these Construction projects here in uh, Los Angeles, and uh, what twenty five years later, the the freeway has not collapsed. The over overpasses are still working, and they look good. And there was incentive. There was a lot of cost. There was an extra fourteen million dollars for the I ten project for the people working on it, and they got it done so fast. And the big thing is, there is a lot of red tape and a lot of bureaucracy that happens in government, and. That also happens at your workplace. That also happens at your church. As a pastor, let me tell you, it's, it happens. Sometimes you need to have committees together to decide what color the paint needs to be on the wall in the janitor's closet that nobody goes into except the janitor who doesn't care what color it is. It's incredible what has to happen, and then it never gets painted, or it gets painted one color, and then you got to have a meeting because somebody didn't like that color. That happens in businesses, that happens in other places. This is good news for Florida. Do you ever feel like that happens in your life? Do you ever feel like in your life you have some kind of bureaucracy going on? I don't mean it's your job or your church. I mean in your spiritual life. I mean in, in who you are and who you are trying to become in the Lord. How do you cut the spiritual red tape? Do you have a story that you want to share about how you got past their spiritual red tape and you got something done, share that story with us. 888-528-2557 or anything that's on your mind in this subject. 888-528-2557. What are some things that you think people put in their lives that are spiritual red tape? What is preventing you from growing? What is preventing somebody that you know from growing and, and you know, how do you help them cut that red tape so that things get done I mean, that's a big question for us, right, spiritually? I mean, do you find that a year later, you're in exactly the same place you were spiritually a year before? I think there are seasons where we have of dryness and seasons where we feel like we're not growing or maybe we regressed a little bit, but most of us should have the opportunity, the ability to to evaluate our life a little bit and be able to say, hey, you know what? Um, I used to be this way, but now I'm this way. And over a course of years or a course of however long it took, I actually have some growth. Are you able to do that? And if if so, you can share that story or if not, what's holding you back? I call that spiritual red tape. There is something that is preventing you from making progress in these areas. The number is 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. Maybe we can help each other get through that circumstance and you can also send me an email socal live at com. it's important because we're called to grow we are given the holy spirit who is developing with us the the fruit of the spirit love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness self-control these things that you don't get to pick one it's not like spiritual gifts okay gifts you might have one gift or two gifts and you have those and you develop those and you don't have the, the rest of them okay but spiritual gifts you're you're going to grow in all of them are you can you look at your life and say, "Yes, I'm really growing in my faith." I think for some of us who have been Christians a long time, it gets a little bit sticky because we there's there's a certain place where we think we've made it. In my observation over 25 years of ministry, growing up in a pastor's home where I have seen my dad in 50 years of ministry, which he's still doing. Uh it's amazing to see some people who grow at every stage of life and some people who haven't grown much since they were in grade school, but are in church every Sunday. What's the red tape that's holding you back? I think there's a few things. Some of it's sin. Some of it, you know, there's a sin that you won't repent of. I'm not talking about a sin that you're just struggling with. I'm talking about something that you're holding on to. You like it. There are people who I think uh, look at certain things as like, well, I really struggle with a whole lot of things, but um this one I'm keeping. Lord, I don't agree with you, or Lord, uh this one's too much fun, or Lord, I'm just not going to acknowledge you on this. I promise you, it's affecting your prayer life and it's affecting your ability to grow. You know, when we have unrepentant sin, it's very hard to really pray. And here's why. Because you get to a place where you're going to pray, and the first thing the Lord brings up is that one thing. And that, you know, if you don't <laughs> if you don't want to submit that to the Lord, well, then it's pretty difficult, isn't it? See, that's spiritual red tape. You're preventing yourself from having the joy that comes in the freedom of repentance, the freedom of growing in your faith, the freedom that there is in being courageous with letting people know that you know the Lord the freedom that you have when you focus on the right things that God has called you into. Another person spoke in Florida at this press conference. His name was Jared Perdue, and he is the Florida Department of Transportation Secretary. Uh, If you're just joining us, this is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, and we're talking about spiritual red tape and what prevents you from growing, or how have you gotten past spiritual red tape that you have experienced. 888-528-2557 888-528-2557 is the phone number, 888-528-2557. You can also send an email to SoCalLive at KKLA.com. Jared Perdue, the Florida Department of Transportation Secretary, at an event today where they were celebrating the opening, the reopening of the Sanibel Causeway. It was destroyed in three sections. This bridge, you've seen these, if you've been to Florida or maybe you've seen it on TV, they have these bridges that are very low to the to the To the water going over the ocean, and they collect they connect certain islands um, and some of those islands are are vacant they're just places to get to the next place others have have civilization there people live there, and many of those people are stranded. Many of those people are in bad shape, and it's really hard to get to them with rescue equipment with the equipment to uh get the electricity back on everything that is needed to recover after hurricane Ian and so they're celebrating the reopening of this bridge fifteen days after they started the project and this is what the florida department of transportation secretary had to say
0: um it's it's really incredible what you can accomplish when you cut through the red tape as the governor mentioned and you align behind a common set of goals a common mission to help people
2: that i thought was an amazing thing a common set of goals and a common mission to help people I thought I wanted to pause there because he calls that bureaucratic red tape. And that is what it is. And that's why they are in Florida able to do this. They've got, you know, this terrible hurricane and lots of things happen. And I think people who are more in favor of the red tape and different things, they they pull back when they see people are hurting. That certainly happened here in California. I mean, imagine if it took a year or two to replace the 14 and 5 overpass and the 10 freeway during after that earthquake when they were damaged. I mean, it would have been a disaster for so many people and hurt so many people. Well, California got past the red tape and built those things in a few weeks. Incredible. And they're still standing. How about that? And the same thing is happening in Florida in our spiritual life. What are the things that are our red tape that keeps us from building in such a way that we stay on our common mission? that keeps us from building and growing spiritually, that keep us from being who it is God called us to be. What are your thoughts? 888-528-2557. Let's go to Chip in Fullerton. Chip, welcome to Southern California Live.
4: Hi, how are you doing?
2: I'm good, Chip. How are you doing?
4: Good.
2: Yeah, what are your thoughts about this, Chip?
4: Okay, well, I think uh, for me it was that I went through, several years ago, went through divorce, and in the process of that, um, the thing that kept me from kind of moving forward was was the blame game blaming blaming my ex blaming uh, pastors, blaming other people that you know just uh, i didn 't think were coming alongside me mm. and what I finally realized was the thing that made the difference eventually was taking responsibility for me and my actions and forgiving and letting go of the other people and not and not looking at them anymore and so between my my ex wives, my kids being able to go to them at different times and just say I'm so sorry for the pain that I caused in this process and uh, that seemed to make a, a huge difference for me and also for my kids um in that process
2: yeah when you did that um you experienced uh, the ability to then grow spiritually.
4: Absolutely. Yeah, I was kind of stuck. I thought my life is going to be miserable forever. Hmm. And I came, it made a big turn at that point when I finally took responsibility for my own actions.
2: I think that is something that in all of our lives, Chip, it, it helps us cut through the spiritual red tape is when we take responsibility. Um, yeah. For whatever it is we can. not Sometimes, you know, there's, it's easy to blame other people, right? And other people do stuff. But at the end of the day, how we respond even is our responsibility. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Chip, thank you for sharing that and for calling and listening to Southern California Live. See, that is, I think, a great example of spiritual red tape. One of the things that's holding you back could just be very much that you're not seeing it as your responsibility. That you should you know, take the lead in this, to forgive somebody else. You know, the interesting thing is sometimes people we need to forgive, they're not going to say they're sorry. I'm not sure what the situation ultimately was with Chip and the divorce and his family. Hopefully they were able to to mend some of those things and have his relationship right with his his kids. But he said he got there when he decided to take responsibility. And I'm sure there are people to blame. There's always two parts to those things, right? There There's stuff that happens. But that matters so much. Can I encourage you to take responsibility, and be who you're supposed to be. That's a that's a really, a really good one. 888-528-2557. What are the things that are part of your spiritual red tape? What is it that maybe you learned that once you decided to cut through it, to get rid of it, it changed your life and you were able to grow spiritually? It matters a lot. 888-528-2557. You can, you can share your story or send me an email at SoCalLive at KKLA.com. One of the things that I would tell you to do, there's, there's three things that you can do. Number one, and, and I want to hear from you, but a couple of them is, one of them is to believe Jesus, that he can actually use you right now, that you can cut through the spiritual red tape when you recognize that the Lord loves you, that Jesus's words are true, and that he can use you right now. And to trust God that your sins are forgiven and that there is a way to repent, And I'll talk more about these in a moment, but, and then to set actual spiritual goals. Do you have any spiritual goals? What are some spiritual goals that you've had in your life? What are some things that really, you said, I'm going to set out to do this and see what happens. It makes a big difference when we have those. I'll talk more about that because I think this is something that we can get into together and really help us break through the spiritual red tape. The number is 888-528-2557. This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. Spiritual red tape prevents us from moving forward spiritually. The first thing I like to say, I like to say, believe Jesus. You believe in Jesus and you get saved. We say that all the time. Do you believe in Jesus? And we have statements of faith in your tradition. You might have creeds that were statements of faith. The Apostles Creed or the Nicene Creed. You have you have statements of belief. And these are great. They're helpful tools. They're things that we can use to intellectually figure out our faith. F- figure out what it is we believe as Christians. But... Part of walking with the Lord, okay, part of our spiritual life isn't just believing the right things. We have to do that, but believing the right things isn't an academic exercise. If you believe the right things, it changes your life. It impacts how you make decisions. See... It isn't to, you You want to believe in Jesus that he died on the cross for your sins, that the word is true that says that your sins were put upon him, that he became sin for you, that when he died, he paid the penalty for your sins. So the spiritual angst you have and the spiritual guilt that you carry around, however you look at it, it's paid for on the cross. And Jesus rose again on the third day, proving that he had victory over death, that you will have victory over death, that you will follow him out of the grave in everlasting life. It's great, all of this. This message, but if you really believe that, it's going to impact you. If you really believe that, you're going to have the Holy Spirit. And I think one of the first things that we need is to believe Jesus. Let me give you an example. In Mark chapter five, Jesus heals a guy, demon possessed guy. Okay, uh, this is a story with the pigs, and and that story, if you're familiar with it. As Jesus was getting into the boat, Mark five eighteen. as Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him like you would. Now, this guy is a guy who's been ostracized. He's, he is, I mean, imagine somebody that you know or that you've seen who has no friends who's ostracized. You know, imagine, and maybe this has been you. I know it's been some of you. You've been homeless, and people look at you like you're less than, and they treat you like you're less than, and you felt like you were less than, and you really struggled and maybe you struggled with drugs or you struggled with whatever insecurities you had and all of this and that. And then you got saved and your life is different now because you trusted in the Lord. This guy had Jesus with him physically and you can imagine he is treated as less than by everybody in the world. And he wants to go with Jesus. I would want to go with Jesus. I would want to get with Jesus in the boat and go wherever Jesus is going. Hey, this man just saved me. I'm going with him. Verse 19 says, Jesus did not let him but said, go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. And so the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And all the people were amazed. There's a lot here, but what I want you to not miss is this. Jesus took him as he was. Jesus did not say, go to the temple and learn a bunch of stuff in the Torah. And once you take that class, Class 101, 102, 103, 104, 105, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Once you've learned all of that, then I want you to go to class 201, 203, 204 and take all of these classes. It'll take you a few years, um, and pretty soon you're going to have these disciples behind me. They don't know it yet, but they're going to be used to uh, teach those things and write them down. And I know you're looking at Peter and you don't believe it, but trust me, he's going to. And wait. And eventually you will learn enough and have enough head knowledge and and have enough time to repent and do other things to be used by God. That's not how it works in the Bible. Jesus sends this guy to do his will immediately. And what does this guy know? All we know is that Jesus healed him. That's what he knows. And he ends up becoming a missionary. First, he says, go to your people. That's his life. That's the people in his life. But then the Decapolis, that's the 10 cities. That's like going to uh, every uh, major city here in Southern California and sharing your story about what Jesus did. Jesus trusted him to tell that story, which pointed people to Jesus. See, and he did it because he believed Jesus. He didn't leave from that experience with Jesus where Jesus says, no, you can't come with me with his head down going, man, even Jesus doesn't want me around. He didn't say, I can't be used by God. I don't know where to go. I'm healed now. That's good and hooray, but I'm I'm still worthless. He believed Jesus. He believed that he could do it, and he did it. Jesus says the same thing to you. Wherever you're at, he's telling you, go to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. Each one of us has that story. And you know what? Whenever we tell that story, God does something. I got an f- interesting story I'll tell you that uh, somebody shared about that that uh, maybe you've had that same experience. Where is it that in your life you've cut the spiritual red tape, the bureaucracy that was keeping you from growing? Maybe it's insecurity. Maybe it's sin. Maybe it's it's just confidence, or maybe somebody taught you something wrong. Where was it that you broke through, and you realized that you can get a lot of things done spiritually just by believing in Jesus, believing Jesus, and doing what he asked? 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557 is the number. I'm Scott Furrow. I'll be back as the Wednesday edition of Southern California Live continues.
1: This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow on 99.5 KKLA. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812.
2: Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. Beautiful day here in Southern California. It's a little warm right now. supposed to cool off in a while, but it is uh, really beautiful right now. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven 528 2557 is the call-in number if you'd like to call in and join our conversation. Here's a question for you. Have you ever set a spiritual goal and met that goal? What was it? How did you do that? How did you do that? We're talking about spiritual red tape and how to cut through it. I'll bet that everybody listening, if I asked, would you like to grow spiritually, you would say, yes, I'd like to grow spiritually. But if I asked, are you growing spiritually? Some of us would say yes. Some of us would say no. I think some of us would say, I'm not sure. I think a lot of us would say, I'm not sure. I think that we're probably always growing a little bit spiritually if we are, if we're saved, the Holy Spirit's working on us maybe in ways we don't recognize and that that's going to, we're going to notice it a year or two or somebody else will point it out to us. But I do think that there are ways that we can take action and set spiritual goals and meet those goals and it will, it will grow us closer to Christ make us more like him, make us more effective in whatever it is that God has called us to do in this life. You can share your story. What's a spiritual goal that you set and met? And how did it affect you? 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. Before the break, I told you that I was going to tell you the story. So this is how God works in us sometimes. Sometimes, he puts us in a situation where God's going to cut through the red tape. So somebody who I know, I'm not going to say her real name, we'll call her Kelly for this example. Uh, Kelly was away from the Lord, grew up in the church, away from the Lord, and struggling a lot with her faith and into a lot of stuff, some drugs and some sex and other stuff that, that younger people will get into, uh, even older people will get into, frankly, um, and some crazy thing happened. She was really fighting with the Lord. So she never got to a place where she said, no, I don't believe it. But she was saying, I don't really want to be a part of it. I'm not going to go to church, and I, I'm not going to uh, acknowledge that I'm a Christian to people and those kinds of things. Whether or not she was a Christian, you know, that's up to the Lord and what's on her heart, whether or not she really was, Right. But here's the interesting thing that happened to her today, just to let you know where she is. She is somebody who is a worship leader at her her church. She, she has rededicated her life to Christ. Her testimony is amazing. She's growing spiritually. It's a great, great thing to see. Here's what the Lord did to her. <laughs> I say did to her. I think so. God put in her life a coworker who was not a believer, not a Christian, but somebody who was very bitter about Christians and Christianity. And she's working with this person all the time who had a lot of sort of unfair notions about the church or Christians in general, or and wrong ideas about the Bible. Now, this, this person as a kid grew up in the church, knew a lot of Bible, went to Sunday school, went to a Christian school even, and knew a lot about the Bible actually, actually had an intellectual understanding of a lot of doctrine and theology, what Christians really believe, which sometimes is opposed to what Christians do sometimes. And so this person, he was grumpy about what Christians did, but his he had a lot of problems with what Christians supposedly believed, and he was saying things that were incorrect. And she met with me one time frustrated because this guy keeps saying things about the Bible that aren't true, and she finds herself defending the Bible to this guy. And in this role all the time, she's saying, "I don't and I have to keep saying to him, I know I'm not living it this way, but this is what the Bible actually says." And she said, I kept having to say to him, I understand that I am not, um, you know, I want you to know that I recognize that I'm not living the way the Bible would say I should live, but what you're saying about the Bible is wrong, and I'm going to tell you why it's wrong. And she ends up really working with this guy, so he gets it straight about the Bible. And it was a funny thing, because this caused her to wrestle with the Lord. She said to me, she said, you know what, God is... Wanting me back and I don't want to go. And then she said this, but I'm afraid he's going to win. (laughs) That was her attitude. And I thought, that's great. That was one of the greatest things you could say, because it's so brutally honest right? God wants me back. He's putting me in situations where he wants to use me and I don't want to do it, but I'm afraid he's going to win. Now, later she, she gave her life back to the Lord or maybe to the Lord for the first time might be what happened there. And now she's being used all the time. And it's a great part of her story. And she got through a bunch of spiritual red tape. Her spiritual red tape was sin. The truth of, at the end of the day is she didn't want to give up her lifestyle. She didn't want to give a, give up a bunch of stuff that she was doing. And I hear that you know, from a lot of us. I think that's, one of the, that's part of our spiritual red tape, right? Is we, we don't want to give it up, but we can give it up. Before the break, I said one of the things that you need to do to cut your spiritual red tape is believe Jesus. Believe the words of Jesus are true. The next thing you need to do is trust God. 1 Corinthians 10, 12 through 13. So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. I think that's a great verse for a lot of us. A lot of us think that we are standing firm because we've been in church our whole life, or we we understand intellectually what the Bible says and this and that. And some of us aren't Christians who know all of that, just to be frank. I mean, that's between you and the Lord. But the Bible tells us that there are people who are going to cry out, Lord, Lord, and he's going to say, I don't know you. And there are lots of people who think that they're mature in Christ because you do all the things. You go to church, you read your Bible, you go to the small group, you do all the events, you do the stuff. And you go to church every Sunday, and you never miss it, and you love it, and you love the service, and you sing the songs, and you write, you take the notes. But are you growing spiritually? If you're not, or you're not sure, you've got some questions to ask, because we get the Holy Spirit, right? The next verse, by the way, is a verse that gets misunderstood and misquoted a lot. The next verse is, "'No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear.'" But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. So the way it gets missed, you know, you've probably heard somebody say that God's never going to give you anything you can't handle. And it's usually said in the context of a struggle or a difficult time you're going through, and the Bible doesn't say that. It never says that God will not give you something you can't handle. In fact, we can't handle our salvation. It says right from the beginning, right after the fall, we need a Savior. We can't handle our own salvation on our own. There are things that some of you have gone through that are horrific. You never would have made it through without the Lord. And you, you weren't able to handle it without the Lord. What this verse actually is talking about is sin. That there's not some sin in your life that there's not a way out from. And one of the biggest things for spiritual red tape is sin. Sometimes we have an addiction and we need a lot of help. Sometimes we just don't, wanna, we just don't want to repent. Like my friend Kelly. God always is going to give you a way out. If you're saying right now, I am too sinful, I am too far away from God to be used. Number one, that's not true. He uses sinful people all the time. He uses prostitutes. He uses murderers. He uses the worst of the worst to spread his gospel and to forgive and to show grace. God has that grace on you. That's the believe Jesus part, that there is grace. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. You can join our conversation, 888-528-2557. If you've ever set a spiritual goal and reached it, and, uh, and how did it affect your life, we'd love to hear that story, 888-528-2557. I want to encourage you that if, you, if your spiritual red tape is sin, God's giving you a way out. And if you pray about it, you say, God, what's the way out? I'll bet he tells you. I bet he tells you right now. You can go to this place that will help you with your addiction. You can call this number. You can go to this church. There's, you can call mom or dad. You can call a sibling. There's somebody to talk to. Or maybe you just don't want to. That's a big thing. You know what? God is providing you an off-ramp. Somewhere there's an off-ramp. And it might cost you a relationship. It might cost you something that you enjoy. Maybe it'll cost you a job. Maybe it'll cost you something big. Most of the time, it just, it just costs us something we don't want to give up. Sometimes it costs us something big, but whatever it is, you need to trust that the word of God is true and that God is not going to let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. And he will always provide a way out. Those words are true. And that's how you cut through the spiritual red tape. And then lastly, set spiritual goals. Do you set spiritual goals? Like, do you, uh, you know, we're coming up on New Year's. Do you say, okay, I'm going to read the Bible in a year. This year, I will read the Bible and you can get a one-year Bible. You can break it out. There's a two-year Bible. In case you're a slow reader, and there's a three-year Bible if you're a really slow reader. I mean, three years, how long does it It's not that big of a book. Um, there's many different things that people do. Maybe it's Bible reading. Maybe you decided to start praying every day or once a week and see what the Lord does. What I would tell you to do is set a realistic goal that seems hard to achieve spiritually, but that it has a couple of things. Here's what your spiritual goal needs to have. It needs to be something where you're following the Great Commandment and furthering the Great Commission. Follow and further. I saw that in some church website a long time ago. That was their vision statement or something. Following and furthering. And I liked it. It stuck with me for some reason. The idea was we're here to follow the Great Commandment and further the Great Commission. Do you know what those two things are? A lot of Christians don't, Survey say. Matthew 22, Jesus replied, this is the great commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. All of the law and prophets hang on these two commandments. That's the great commandment. And you got to have that first because the purpose of your spiritual growth isn't just so that you have some kind of spirituality that makes you cool. It's because you love the Lord it's because you recognize what he did for you that he saved you through Christ and that you you love him you love being part of the family he is your father you pray to the you pray to God Jesus said not by saying dear King dear creator dear magnificent one you can say those things but the way Jesus told us to pray was our father it's relational it's the the perfect relationship that you should have you love the Lord if you're lord your god with all your heart with all your soul and all your mind and the second one is love your neighbor as yourself that's the great commandment that's what we're supposed to do is the reason for our spiritual growth anyway is so that we're better at loving people so that they see the kingdom of god through us that's the purpose you know if if the purpose was just our spiritual growth then we should go to heaven immediately because we'll never grow as much uh, on this earth as we will once we're in heaven see the purpose of our spiritual growth isn't just for us It's so that you can better love your neighbor as yourself. And the Great Commission is making disciples. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. If you make a spiritual goal where your goal is to love the Lord and love your neighbor, and the spiritual goal is to do what God has called you to do, make disciples, I promise you God's going to help you meet that goal. You will cut through so much spiritual red tape, the sins that you don't want to give, get rid of, you'll drop them. The places where you don't believe or you're insecure, or you're not sure about your faith, God will, will strengthen you when you make this commitment. And God can use you to do amazing things. How do you know that the person that you really want to share your faith with, but you're afraid to, how do you know that person's not the next Billy Graham? Because one day you share your faith with them. They might be somebody shared their faith with Billy Graham, and lo and behold, how do you know? What's a spiritual goal that you've set and that has been met, and how did that affect your life? Give me a call, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. I'm Scott Furrow. I'll be back as the Wednesday edition of Southern California Live continues.
1: Too nervous to go live on the radio with Scott Furrow? Then share your thoughts on the SoCal Live voicemail at 213-213. 537-3812 That's 213-537-3812 Welcome
2: back everybody Southern California Live I am Scott Furrow and the number here is 888-528-2557 This is Southern California Live You can call 888-528-2557 to join the conversation or you can email me at SoCalLive at KKLA.com We're talking about spiritual red tape how to remove it Have you ever set a spiritual goal that was a big one? And you accomplished it? You ever thought about this? Do you do this at New Year's and then 17 days later it's gone? What's the average time people stop going to the gym and stop doing their New Year's resolutions? It's like 12 days It's something like that. We hardly ever make it. Um, I think, though, that a lot of you have set goals and you've made it. Or maybe you made it halfway, but the Lord still did something great. Or maybe the Lord did something different than you expected. God sets big goals. Making disciples is a big goal. I want you to picture this. You got 11 guys standing on a hill, and uh, Jesus tells them, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and they he's gone. And you're just standing there. Probably took you an hour or two to stop looking up and to sort of come to your uh, senses about things, but the last thing he said to you probably sticks with you, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. You may not have understood that until Pentecost, these original disciples, but God set a big goal. It's the greatest endeavor ever given human beings to make disciples of all nations. And it's been successful, by the way. The The mission to make disciples, the strategy is the church, you and me, and, you know, if you're wondering, gosh, you know, we say we hear a lot of bad things about the church and and people get kind of negative about stuff. Has it worked, though, over time, over 2,000 years? How's it gone? started with about 300 people right before Pentecost, another 3,000 get added. And uh, what was it back then? You know, the the original, the first church when it first started, there was about one Christian for every 12 million people in the world, one in 12 million. That's how many Christians there were. And then 2,000 years later, through disciple making, through people telling other people about Jesus, through people cutting through the spiritual red tape, for people being used by God to do amazing things, to love one another, to care, to, to take care of orphans, to take care of widows, to build hospitals, to be there during the plagues and the difficult times and to really love and care people. That's where the church is on fire and doing those things. And at the same time, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ that we're saved by grace through faith. And that's different than any other religious or philosophical thought in the world. Has that worked? Let me tell you something. How many people are Christians today? If we started out one in 12 million people on the planet were Christians, where are we at today? Depending on the survey you read, it's about one in 12. One even has one in nine. That's pretty good progress. Whatever bad thing you want to say about the church, uh, this goal that Jesus gave us of making disciples of all nations uh, we've gone from one in 12 million Christians to one in about 12. That's incredible. It's working. See, the, the, the gates of hell are not going to prevail. Jesus is right about everything. And as dumb as we get sometimes and the mistakes that we make and the failures that the church has had and that people have had and the sin that everybody struggles with, in spite of all of that, people hear the gospel and they come to the truth that God wants for them over and over and over again. In fact, people get saved in much faster ways in countries where it's not even legal, where people are severely persecuted. That's why in your life, if you have a spiritual goal, if you're thinking to yourself, God really wants me to do something, and you kind of have a thought of what that is, you know what, set a goal toward it, and you can make it outlandish. You can. It's got to be realistic, okay? You can't say, well, I'm going to plant a church on Mars. You know, maybe somebody might do that one day, but that's probably not in your lifetime um but maybe god wants you to start a church somewhere on earth maybe god is just asking you simply to share your story with your friends and things that are personal to you that you've never shared but you know would really help people if you shared them maybe your goal is to say i'm going to i'm going to put this down and really share with people i think we can trust in the lord for these things it's amazing what human beings do. We started the hour talking about how fast they rebuilt those bridges in Florida uh, when they just pushed all the red tape aside. You know, we – a few weeks ago on this program, we talked about this um, spacecraft that was called the DART. I like to joke that it was a Dodge Dart and we crashed it into the side of an asteroid um nasa confirmed this week that uh it worked that the purpose of it is to to push the asteroid out of its orbit a little bit with the idea that one day if a big old asteroid is about to head to earth we can knock it out of its orbit this is bill nelson he is the head of nasa explaining the victory here
0: today nasa confirms that dart successfully changed the targeted asteroids trajectory Now, this is a watershed moment for planetary defense and a watershed moment for humanity.
2: Now, I don't know about that, but maybe, you know, I'm not sure that we're going to end because of some big uh, asteroid. The Bible, uh, it does describe things that were, you know, there might be things that happen in the end. Um, But it's pretty impressive, really, when you think about how we created some spacecraft and crashed it into the side of an asteroid. This started because John F. Kennedy had a goal for the United States. Remember when he said to, to, maybe you don't remember, but maybe you've heard him, he talks about going to the moon. People thought this was crazy when he said this. We choose
0: to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that goal will serve to organize and measure the best of our energies and skills because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept, one we are unwilling to postpone, and one we intend to win, and the others too.
2: Do you have a spiritual goal that is hard, and you're not doing it because you think it's hard? You're not doing it because you don't, you know, you don't think you can do it? The human being, we are made. We are made in the image of God. We are made with the ability to accomplish amazing things, not just in engineering not just in structural things, but even in our spiritual life. It matters tremendously. Set some spiritual goals for yourself. It's okay if they're hard. They might be hard. The best goals are difficult. The best things are accomplished because we went through something that's hard. That's contrary to our culture, I think, these days, is we want the easy road, and and that's one of the reasons I think we struggle. We don't want to do the hard things or have the hard conversations, Uh, and we want to skip it, but you can't. Let me take a call. This is Neil from Woodland Hills. Hi, Neil. How you doing?
5: Okay. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. I'm good. Well, I, am, I have mixed results as a Christian. I, I think my biggest problem is in the application of, of what Jesus
2: teaches. Okay. And uh, what, give me an example of that.
5: Well, mostly it's in Jesus saying, do not worry. I tend uh, to worry a lot.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know what, Neil? Uh, is it Neil or Nell? Neil. Neil. Yeah. I. You know, I think worry is a big one for a lot of us, right? And Jesus tells us not to worry. But the key is, is the next part where he says, seek first the kingdom of God. And, yes. you know, when you do that, then it means that the good things and the bad things that that might happen to you. They usually don't, by the way. Most of the time we worry about stuff that's not going to happen. You know, most of the time we're worrying about possible things that could happen, but almost never do. But even when they do, Neil, when we're seeking first the kingdom of God, what it does is it puts us in a situation where we can say, hey, I'm out of control. I'm not in control anyway. How does God want to use this disappointment or this difficulty that I have in my life? When we're seeking first the kingdom of God, we realize that Whatever the circumstances is, God is still there. His promises are still true. He hasn't abandoned me, even if I put myself in bad circumstances, which we do, that God still wants to use us. That's one way to help with your, your worry, Neil. And, uh, you know, I hope that that's something that's helpful. Set a spiritual goal. Maybe it's Bible reading. Maybe it's pray every day that God will take away your worry, that you'll, you'll learn to cast your anxieties on him. I think the big step the big step is to seek first his kingdom.
5: Yeah, that's not where the problem is. Uh, the, the problem is like in my head, I, I do a lot of learning in my head, but I have trouble applying it. So, um, I guess by nature, I'm just a worrier and I have trouble trusting God with, with things here on earth. I trust him, um, for salvation because there's nothing I can do about it, but, um, I tend to not want to um, suffer, with, which is where I disagree with God the most. and um, About so suffering. I that, yeah, yeah, I think that...
2: Neil, Neil, we're just about out of time, and I'm on a hard break here, and uh, so I thank you for calling. You know, Neil, let me encourage you. I think this is why these steps and a particular goal setting really helps, is that I think that a lot of us worry tremendously and none of us want to suffer, right? That's what we're worried about. We're not worried about having a great time. We're worried that things are going to go really bad and that's going to hurt, maybe emotionally painful or we lose a relationship. Set a spiritual goal. Maybe it's just I'm going to read the Bible every day. Maybe it's I'm going to pray to God every day for 10 minutes and ask God to relieve me of my worry. We give that a try and see over time how that works. I'm out of time for today. I can't get to the rest of your calls. Thank you for calling. I'm Scott Furrow. This is Southern California Live. We're on every day, three to five. I'll see you tomorrow from three to five. God bless you. Have a great night.